Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. This is the show where we talk about movies, TV shows, comic books, uh, Black Widows, Zolas, and more. And with me, as always, is the remarkable Roxy Stryer. Thanks, DJ. I think we used remarkable once, but it's okay. I can almost guarantee that we did. All right. But I'm kind of winging it today. We're just waiting for this big new word. And I was like, what R word are we going to use next? Kind of hoping it was going to be rambunctious. I think we've used rambunctious. I've used rambunctious. Resilient. Resilient. That's a good one. Uh, Resilience. Very good. Radiant. Radiant. That's a good one. That's a good Rager. one. Rager. Rager. The Ragering. Redemptive. Redemptive. Um, recycled. 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 That one uh, doesn't sound as nice. It, it it feels at best like a backhanded compliment. If yeah, I'm being honest. I don't think that. And I can't think of a situation in which somebody refers to me as recycled in which they mean something positive. Yeah. Yeah. What um what's the one um um when you when you go into the grocery store and it's it's like uh organic. Organic. It's like what does that what does that mean in this context? What are, what are you trying to get at? I know you're trying to get me to buy this cuz it feels like I'm helping the planet, but really what's happening here? Um yep. so we're not talking about any of that this week. We're talking about uh, Black Widow. We're going to have a spoiler-free, because we've seen it. You haven't, probably. We're, so we're going to have a spoiler-free discussion of Black Widow. Uh, we're also going to be talking about a bunch of cool stuff. But before we get into any of that, of course, if you would like the full two-hour discussion that happens every Friday, you can do that at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. Also, if you listen to this on Spotify, we ask a question every week when I remember to post it, and you can answer that question. And last week's was, what is your favorite long-running film for franchise of course coming off of our discussion about f9 tono says i am on roxy's side i love star wars from the original trilogy the prequels the sequels and spinoffs it's a cool universe and then nikki says the resident evil movies franchise is my favorite and then the alien movie second and i the resident evil movies have gone on for so long and i don't think i've seen a single one of them but obviously they're doing something right because there's so many of them you so seamlessly just went from the comment into what you were saying that I thought that they were saying that their favorite movies were the Resident Evil movies, but that they hadn't seen a single one of them. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm tr- you know I'm trying to keep the the pistons firing. I'm trying to keep it going. Um, have you? Here's seen- what I'll give you though, yes. DJ. Yes. Do you remember? I think you know this. Oh yes, you definitely know this. You know how I've like. Im- I've embedded myself into a British group of friends out in LA. I am vaguely aware of this. One of whom you've met with the my friend Dom. Yes. So his group of friends in LA, I am like in this British group. And one of my really good Brits friend, Brit, uh, British friends, mm-hmm. Brit friends, is the guy who's directing the next Resident Evil movie. Oh my goodness. Um, so we're gonna you're gonna have to see that one. He's amazing. And I'm hearing Pretty, pretty, pretty good things. So I'm very should. excited to check that out because I like the Resident Evil games a lot. So I'm, I'm excited to to check that out. That is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, of course, you can also review this show on iTunes. Five star reviews. Say whatever you want in that five star reviews, and we will read it on the show. But now, without further, but now, but without further ado, without further ado, should I just do your echo every time? Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, that's a good bit. Let's commit to that bit. Yeah, yeah let's uh, keep it going. I know that. 
I found it. That's what the kids want. Um, We're going to go into what we're into this week. Let's start off with working moms. Have I ever talked to you about this show? Not once ever. All right. Well, that's silly. (laughs) So you know that I am into those CBC shows. So Schitt's Creek and Mm -hmm. Kim's Convenience are those Canadian broadcast coalition. Mm -hmm. Canadian broadcast channel, whatever the C stands for. They're those shows that end up coming here somehow, whether it's via pop or Netflix or whatever. So Working Moms is a show that I found because it was on Netflix, but initially it was CBC. I I think this was one of those days, DJ, where it was super late at night. I was with my um, fellow world girl, Steph. I think we had been like, we've watched everything on Netflix, every single thing. There's nothing else we could watch. And we did one of those Google searches for what best shows on Netflix nobody's seen, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this Working Moms title popped up. I didn't know a single actor or actress on the show. I didn't know anything about it. And we were just kind of like, all right, let's try it. Uh I think we went through three seasons in like two days. Wow. It was so good. The The creator of it is Catherine Reitman, who is uh, a Reitman. Mm-hmm. So, so she's got like that, that creative gene going on for her. Yeah. And everybody on this show is like ridiculously good. It's a show about four and then later on more working moms exactly what it sounds like but they are raunchy and bizarro and pumping and dumping at work Mm -hmm. and like some of them do better at work some of them do worse it's hard to navigate some of them are married some of them are not some of them are in happy marriages some of them are not Mm -hmm. and just i've never seen a show that i felt like spoke to motherhood in the way that this did not that I'm a mom, but like Mm -hmm. even like thinking about having a kid or what that looks like and how you can keep your career or can you keep your career and what's expected of you, but it does it in a way that also you're like dying laughing. It's so effing funny the whole time. So I can't recommend this show enough because it's Canadian. We have to do that thing that we've had to do with the, their other shows where were behind them because mm-hmm. by the time it's on Netflix. So I've been waiting for this season to drop. I think it was the, it's the fifth season I was waiting to drop and it dropped on Netflix this week. Obviously I didn't know it was going to be dropping on Netflix this week because there was no buzz around the show. I mean, yeah. I literally don't know a single other person who's ever heard of or watches the show. Yeah. Um, but then it, it popped up on my Netflix and I was like, st- everything stop, mm-hmm. stop. Uh, and so now I'm like six episodes deep into this season. I think it is. Let's see how many episodes it is this season. I think it's probably like around eight, uh, ten, ten episodes. And it's just as good as all the other seasons. The show doesn't dip. It's phenomenal. I can't recommend it enough, especially if you are somebody who's like dabbling in parenthood or yeah. at in your life it's it is you're, like you're dipping your toe in you've got a kid you're like i'm gonna see how this plays out we'll see how i feel about it yeah it's really really good and like just there's a, a, a severe lack of working moms on yeah. tv we don't i mean you don't really see that or even if like there's a woman on tv who has a kid who has a job 
we either don't see them with their kid ever or don't see them with their job ever. <laughs> you know, like it's one or the other, like, yeah, the kid's at home, but you don't see that this is like really showing the balancing act. And it's so effing funny. I can't, I, I love this show. I love this show. I can't believe it's not more famous. I think it's going to pull a Shit's Creek at some point. It is um, more white than I think that, uh, that a U.S. show would be at this point like this. Yeah. But as the seasons go on, we diversify a little bit. Yeah, the, still the Canadians white. seem to be in that predominantly white sitcom that comes from Hollywood royalty type thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Um, totally. What season did you say they were on? Five. Five. Okay, that makes sense. For some reason, I thought I, I thought I heard you say ten, and I was like, "That's wow. so many seasons." But does five make sense, DJ? Because have you ever heard of the show? Well, how many episodes? How many episodes per season? Ten. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause I think, um, uh, my favorite Canadian show is letter Kenny and I think they yeah. turn out what, what was constituted as two seasons a year. Um, and both are about 10, 10 episodes. So the, their, uh, uh, broadcast schedule is, appears to be different than ours. And so it seems like, yeah, cranking out five seasons, that might only be like two and a half years of content. Can I ask you a bizarre question about yes. Letter Kenny? Yes. I watched one episode, mm-hmm. the first episode. Yes. It was at the same time that I was deciding what the fuck to watch on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get it. Like, the, what was the thing with the alphabet? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of wordplay that they do in there. I'll, it's it's one of their main bits. Um, I think I, re- I remember watching a trailer for it with the alphabet. Yes. Yes. That was one of the opening sequences. Yeah. They have these little like opening non sequiturs and sometimes they'll do, they'll run through a thing and each line is part of, it's like alphabetical order. And so then I went and watched the first episode and I was like, and usually I give something a lot longer, but I was, it was late and I was like, I don't know. Am Mm -hmm. I, would I like it? I don't know. I don't know. I will send you, there's a YouTube clip that was my introduction that is one of the fun for me is one of the funniest things I've ever seen of one of the just funniest conversations I've ever seen on a show. Uh, so I'll send you that. And if you think that is funny, I'd say give it more of a shot. And if you're like, ah, this isn't really my sense of humor. I think you're good. I think you're good. Okay. Let's go on to something I'm into this week, which is Zola. I checked out the new A24 movie. Um, Zola, which I think just dropped this week. I, I was. But are you into it, DJ? Am I into it? Well, I'm into talking about it. On Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, it is 88% uh, right now. And the, on Rotten Tomatoes, it says, Zola captures the stranger-than-fiction appeal of the viral Twitter thread that inspired it and announces director-slash-co-writer Janitza Bravo I hope I pronounced that right, as a filmmaker to watch. The synopsis on IMDb is a stripper named Zola embarks on a wild road trip to Florida. And that is uh, broadly true. Um, of course, it's directed. Is, it, is this out yet, DJ? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I should be. I, I just saw it in theater. I didn't go to a screen or anything. I just okay, went to the okay. theaters and saw it. So I think so. It, it was weird because I thought it came out this week, but then I just saw it Thursday. So I don't know when it came out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's directed by Janita Bravo and written by her and Jeremy O'Harris. And of course, it's based on the tweets by Asia King. So people, if you're not familiar with the backstory of this, um, back before Twitter threads were a thing, back before it was easy to do kind of long form stories on Twitter, Asia King told a story about how she went to Florida with a girl she just met and immediately hit it off with and uh, to go dancing and strip clubs. And it escalated wildly out of control. Um, And it took over 
uh, Twitter by Storm. And uh, playing these characters in the movie is Taylor Page as Zola, Riley Keough as Stephanie, who I feel like really has cornered the market on these types of like A24 indie movies. Like Riley Keough, like there's a Riley Keough like role and this is it. Uh, I, I think it's so interesting too, because like it, Elvis was so mainstream. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Riley Keough, who is Elvis's granddaughter, is so um, like niche. Yeah, she's really like uh, she she goes for these weirder roles, but this role fits kind of that vibe. And Roxy, were you before this movie? Were you familiar with uh, the story? You know, I remember when this was announced, I was like, with what thing? And then I looked at the Twitter thread. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. So yes and no. Like, it it didn't stick with me the way that I think it did for some other people. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this being a thing. So I wasn't really aware of it until this movie was announced. And I I read the whole Twitter thread. And I was like, yeah, of course you're making a movie of this. And then I saw the movie. And I'm like, oh, actually, I don't know if the story warrants a movie because I think oh, interesting. they give a lot of fidelity to the story. And I think, you know, I, I feel like I've heard the phrase, you've got a movie in search of a story. This feels like a story in search of a movie. It doesn't really, it, it feel, this would make a really great anecdote in a bigger movie. Like uh, I, I think about in good time when they pick up that one character and he goes through the whole wild story of how he ended up in the hospital this feels like that, like somebody's wild story couched inside a larger movie because it never really kind of like escalates or mo- it's more like instead of like building towards uh, something or like an idea or an overall, overall thematic cohesive thought. It's just like this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then it just stops. It doesn't even really end. It just kind of stops. Um, uh, and so... The cast is incredible. Uh, the movie has style to spare. It's very stylish. It's very slick. It's very cool. How is the guy who plays Derek, Nicholas Braun? Because he's also one of the stars of Succession. Yeah, he's great. And uh, and Coleman Domingo is fantastic as X, who is, uh, light spoilers, I guess, um, Riley Keough's character's pimp. Um, uh, the guy, Nicholas Braun, is is great. And uh, literally the entire cat, there's, there's not anybody in the cast that's not amazing i think this is the first time i've seen taylor page in anything as zola and she is fantastic and i hope this gets her a lot of amazing roles after this because i think she's really incredible she was in um um uh, ma, ma rainey's black, black bottom. bottom yeah and she's really good in that as well uh you know her from from before any of this i'm trying to figure out what what the f it was she was like in high school floor she was in 33 episodes of that yeah 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 33 yeah. episodes of what Hit the floor. Do you remember that no, show? No, no, not familiar with that at all. It was like one show. Um, I knew the this girl, Cat Bayless, was the leader, the the leader, the lead of it. Uh, I, so yeah, she she's like a really good Taylor Page is like a really good dancer. John Jimmy's. Uh, she does some. She does. It appears that she does a lot of her own pole dancing in this movie, which is just one of those like oh. I I feel like it's easy culturally to not take pole dancing seriously but when you watch um hustlers or you watch this and just the athleticism involved like well, have you ever taken a pole dance class dj it, it will surprise you to learn that i have not <laughs> i i have taken two and when i tell you that i thought i'd die i thought i might die it is so hard it is so um, one of them was like on a bachelorette weekend and the other mm-hmm. one was just like a workout class in LA that I got a free coupon for or whatever. So I went cause they're really expensive. Yeah. Um, 
I don't have, and you know, I'm somebody who like is pretty in shape. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can usually keep up with workout classes. The upper body strength that you need to do what they do is like, I, I can't even explain how I, I have so much. Anytime I go to, I love, I love going to the strip club and I love watching pole dancing. And anytime I go, the amount of like, all I feel for these women, it is so fucking hard. Yeah. And then at the same time to be like looking all like sexy and doing mm. your thing and being able to do all that at once. It is so fucking hard. Yeah. And, and it appears there's a few scenes where you, where she does some pole dancing and it appears that it's her doing it herself. So when you tell me that she's a really incredible dancer, that doesn't really surprise me just because again, the, just the athleticism, but beyond that, uh, um, she, she's just really, uh, the whole cast really brings it. I, I just don't think that, leaving the movie it's like other than other than the fact that this was a viral twitter and it's a crazy story i don't know what this movie is like i don't know what what purpose this movie serves i don't know what it was trying to leave me with um it just felt like a a weird anecdote and so i worth watching yes i think i think yes in that you i can almost guarantee you will not see a movie that covers the same material uh other than the fact that it is it is a crazier uh uh, mostly true story but also just the some of it does touch on some interesting things like stephanie riley keogh's character um takes on a lot of what is traditionally viewed as black affectations um but and and, and, well there's a scene where she's like bad mouthing a couple other black women and it's like wait time like and that's that's kind of the moment where like uh 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 zola and them uh, and her are really hitting off and that's kind of the moment like where it's like uh oh you and i might not actually be on the same page with things like um so it deals with a cultural appropriation um in, in really subtle inter- interesting ways it deals with power dynamics in subtle interesting ways it does a lot of interesting things it just doesn't do it in a way that like i feel like escalates in an interesting way or in a cohesive way and so i feel like either you needed to take this and like put it into a bigger story about zola's life or which would have been interesting because what do we know about zola the real person right. outside of the story mm-hmm. um or been less said like this is a great jumping off point to make a move to to tell to adapt the story in a way that functions as, as a more cohesive movie um and, but i do understand the impulse to be like no we need to tell the story essentially the way she told it um and, and it's just interesting when you see something like I, I remember when i i one of my favorite novels was cormac mccarthy's the road and i i loved it and one and a director i really liked at the time was adapting it with Viggo mortensen i was so excited and it wasn't until i was sitting in the seat watching the movie that i was like oh this is hard to make in a movie so much of the story is internal the movie's kind of dull because it's it's just it wasn't really made it was made as for a novel you know what i mean and so a- adapting stuff even something like a Twitter thread, it's just a, it's just a tricky thing that I don't know. In this instance, they nail. Other than the fact that you know stylistically, it's interesting and the cast is really cool. So I do. If you get a chance to watch it, I do recommend it. I'm also a big supporter of like, listen, we're all if everyone listening to this is going to go see Black Widow. I know it. You know it. We know. It, we all know it. Take the time also, if you like movies, to go see ones that aren't Black Widow. <laughs> so right. Um, right. Aren't, aren't Marvels. So I do. I do support it. Um, in that sense as well. Are, are you going to go see it? I think so. Uh, this might be one that I home release on, but 
I think I would like to see it. I like you more so feel like I'd like to see it to support it than see it. But yes. sometimes that's a reason enough. It's going to just kind of depend on what the, what the slate looks like right now. I don't think I have anything, any movie coming up that I am seeing that is interesting me more than this. So yeah. I'll keep it uh, speaking of renting stuff, I also, I'm not going to get into this, but I also watched nobody starring Bob Odenkirk, the action movie starring, starring Bob Odenkirk. I rented that really enjoyed it, but um, I, I heard really good things. Yeah. It's, it's super enjoyable. It's, it's basically um, like kind of a, a, a little bit like death wish without the icky stuff, a little bit like John wick, uh, but with Bob Odenkirk. So it's, you, you feel there's a more threat. There's more of a threat to his person than to Keanu. You know, any fights in Keanu Reeves gets in. You're like, I feel like Keanu Reeves has got this. With Bob Odenkirk, you're like, yeah, you might not get out of this. Um, also worth mentioning when it talks about you know, supporting any creators and stuff like that. Go to hellbentcomicbook.com. Go to hellbentcomicbook.com. Support uh, this the my comic. Uh, we're doing really well. We're in the middle of our uh, reaching our second stretch goal. By the time this episode's drop, this episode drops, we've only got a little over a week. So this is your opportunity to jump in, get a hold of the comic. Um, it's it, I've mentioned this before. I've got a lot of questions about it, so I will mention it. You don't get charged by Kickstarter until the campaign is over. So I know some people were kind of like, "Oh, I'll have to wait." It's like hey, now it's kind of we've got basically a week, so now is kind of the time to jump in. Um, it's also worth mentioning that uh, the perks that uh, included both Hellbent and my original comic, Chaos Theory, have been going very quickly. They've been much more popular than I anticipated to the point where I actually had to go back into my inventory and do a full count to see what I had left of my original oh my God, copies. This uh, is so good. Yeah, of Chaos Theories Volume 1 and 2. And so I was able to add some to the $100 perk. Uh, there's another perk. Um, that's that that also includes chaos theory that I think there's only like four left. The point is when those go, uh, they are gone. It's, They're gone, it's, going, yeah. going, gone. These are my original printings of chaos theory. That, that it's literally what I have on the shelves. Um, I as of this moment, I don't have any plans of reprinting it anytime soon. So this is it. If that's what you want, this is your window. So hellbentcomicbook.com. Um, support me and my co-writer Jaina and Heather, our artist, and all the incredible people that collaborated on this comic. Uh, and we're, uh, artists just sent us uh, the last few pages, uh, and I, they're really incredible. So uh, I'm really excited to share it with you. Hellbentcomicbook.com, please and thank you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk about our main topic for this week, which is... Black Widow, Roxy and I have seen it. I believe it drops next week. So we're going to be keeping this spoiler free. Uh, but we were able to see it earlier in the week. On Rotten Tomatoes, as of this recording, it has an 84%. 
Uh, and the consensus is Black Widow's deeper themes are drowned out in all of the action, but it remains a solidly entertaining standalone adventure that's rounded out by a stellar supporting cast. And the synopsis on IMDb reads, a film about Natasha Romanoff and her quest between the film's Civil War and Infinity War, which is vague, but uh, technically true. It was directed by Kate Shortland, written by Eric Pearson, based on a story by Jack Shaver, who you may re- recall from WandaVision. And Ned Benson, and of course, it's starring Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff slash Black Widow, Florence Pugh as Le- Yelena Belova, Rachel Wise as Melina Vostokov, David Harbour as Alexei Shostokov, and uh, slash the Red Guardian, and William Hurt returns as Thaddeus Ross. And I'm not gonna. This actor is on IMDb, but I did not know he was in the movie until I was sitting down watching the movie. <laughs> And so I'm going to leave it off in case you don't know, because if you don't know, you don't need to know. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Black Widow, I'll start. Roxy, you always say I make you start. I'll yeah, I was start. just thinking that. I want to hear from you, especially because you teased that this is A-OK. Yeah, I, I do need to clarify. I did do a tweet that I really enjoyed this movie. I think um, uh, it functions less like a traditional superhero mcu movie and more like a straight-up action film like a mission impossible or any litany of big budget action movies we had in like the 80s and 90s and i like that a lot that said i think i feel i just i feel it coming i feel like wait do you like this is the one that you like i can just feel the the anger coming my way i think the things i really liked about this movie are the same things that other people will not respond to as much. And I think the fact that this is kind of just a straightforward big-budget action movie, I really enjoyed. I also was genuinely surprised. I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this spoiler-free. It, it Around the edges of the movie is some really dark stuff. It touches on some really dark ideas uh, that it makes sense that a a four-quadrant Marvel movie wouldn't really like drill into. But just the willingness to acknowledge, even in a higher fantasy-type setting, stuff like this happens and, and... and people trying to um, process that, I thought was was pretty interesting. Uh, I also think, I think you and I, Roxy, I know, I know you, you, your opinion on um, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow is, I, I would say, probably a little bit more negative than my opinions of the character. Actually, I think Black Widow is one of my favorite Avengers. I, I think we would both agree that it's wild that it's taken this long to get. A Black Widow movie. She's been in however many other supporting character and however many other Marvel movies, and now we're just now getting yes. It. But also, it has nothing to do with Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. Yeah. It has to do with Black Widow, how they've utilized Black Widow as a character. I think ScarJo is a great Black Widow. Gotcha, gotcha, just, gotcha. I don't, I don't know that Black Widows had uh, the opportunities that any a lot of the other characters have had. That is very true, and I think that in some ways that does. I think a symptom of this movie coming out so late is that it, it it feels more like an epilogue to her story 
than, you know, Iron Man standalone movie or Captain America standalone movie where like, hey, here's this character. Here's how they work. Here's their things. We had her for a certain amount of time. And so this is more of a like a uh, anybody that's seen Endgame will know what I'm talking about. Kind of like a sending off of the character. Although I do think there's a little bit of wiggle room since this is a prequel. And there is a there's a significant amount of time between Civil War and Infinity right. War and stuff like that that we might th- this might not be the end of Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow um, through through more I guess you call this a prequel anyway I will say that I think in waiting so long to get to this movie it allowed Phase Four from what we've seen of it, which is mostly through Disney Plus shows, has this kind of looser, more experimental feel. And I think Black Widow benefits from that because to me, it doesn't feel like any of the other quote unquote origin movies we've gotten for these characters. And for me, that that is a net positive. And I don't think we would have been able to do the same thing. I think a Black Widow movie back right after Iron Man 2 would have felt very differently Um than this and seeing how Marvel did handle its first female-led film, which was Captain Marvel. Uh, maybe it was good that we we did a little throat clearing before we got to got to Black Widow's movie. I, I think it benefits from that. So mm-hmm. for me, I liked it a lot uh, because I because I like those action movies. I like the action movies that it riffs on, uh, um, and I kind of like that this is a more. The aspects of this movie I didn't quite love were in the final act. It becomes very much a Marvel movie, and I and I, I was less interested in that. Um, so so for me, this this was a the it's kind of like its straightforwardness, its dedication to just kind of being an action movie. Uh, really, uh, I liked a lot. I liked the character a lot. I liked the characters we introduced a lot more than I expected. Florence Pugh as uh, Yelena, Rachel Wise as Melina, and David Harbour as Alexi. I actually, I enjoyed those characters significantly more than I anticipated. So for me, this was a win. Roxy, as somebody who, um, like you just said, didn't nothing to do with Scarlett Johansson, but didn't necessarily like the way we've utilized Black Widow in the other movies, did this kind of redeem that for you? How do, what, did, what were your thoughts on this movie? I really liked it. I think that it was flawed, but in general, I really liked it. I feel like the first 10 minutes of this movie kind of reset what my focus was going into this movie. Mm -hmm. Because going into it, you are thinking, I can't believe it's been over a decade and we haven't seen a fucking Black Widow movie. I can't believe we're coming out of a year-long pandemic and we were supposed to have seen this a year ago and then it got pushed several times. I can't believe we're getting our Black Widow movie after we've already seen what happens to Black Widow in Endgame. Yeah. So you, you know, there's a lot of preconceived notions going into this. A lot. This movie holds a lot of baggage, mm-hmm. and I think that the movie does a really good job in the first, like up until the, I guess, inciting incident of being like, um, trust us. We want to tell you this specific story, and if you had pitched me a Black Widow standalone story. Uh, a decade ago, would this be the story I think they would have told? No. But at this point, I think under the parameters that they were under, they told a really interesting story. I'm definitely with you that I could not. Well, you didn't say it like this. You just said you liked them more than you thought you would. I loved our other our new characters. I oh. loved our new characters. Florence Pugh gets me really excited for whatever happens next. Mm-hmm. I think that she is... I think she is going to be, you know, a lot of times people will say, who's the best female action star of your generation? Um, And right now up there for me is like Emily Blunt. I think Mm -hmm. that Florence Pugh is, it it makes sense because she came onto the scene with a wrestling movie, but she is to me going to be like 
one of the defining action stars of this gen because she is so interesting to watch. She's built in a way that you believe she could kick somebody's ass, Mm -hmm. but she's also really fucking endearing and cute. So it's like just a, the combo, she just got it going on. I really like watching her. She's really good. So that was exciting. It did feel to me more like her movie than it did feel like Scar Jo's movie. Yeah. And Especially I was since she gets an arc. Yeah. Yeah. And I was impressed with Scar Jo's willingness to do that. Yeah. For real. I think that that's cool. You know, DJ, you and I have talked about like with F9, Vin's like, this is my franchise. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the head of this franchise and everyone else can be in it, but it's mine. Scar Jo didn't do that with this movie. And I think that when you are an A-list celebrity and you can do that and you don't do that, you are doing something for the art. And yeah. I really like that about it. I'm also obsessed with David Harbour in this. Yeah. And I think that in, on paper, his character was good, would have been really effing annoying and stupid. Yeah. But the way that he does it, it just like worked. Yeah. It just worked. Uh, and Rachel Weiss is awesome in everything she's in. And although probably in this, she had the the least um, impact. I agree. I, I loved her. Still. Yeah. So because, oh, agreed with you because she is, she is so fantastic and everything. And I do like and again, keeping it spoiler free. I like that um, uh, these supporting characters, uh, Fl- Florence Pugh, Rachel Weisz, and David Harbour are endearing they're likable they're lovable but they're also kind of assholes like they're they're yeah. they're in and, and the movie doesn't really shy away from that like um uh david harbour's character does something early on that is that you is immediately apparent as as the wrong decision but you don't really realize how deeply problematic it is until later in the movie and you're like oh yeah that was really bad like that was a really bad decision you made and you ruined at least two if not more lives because because of it but I, I also think that Florence Pugh, everybody's talked about it, and I totally agree. I think she is the standout, and and um, uh, the idea of possibly getting her in more MCU stuff. I do hope, again, because this movie takes place back in time, back before Endgame, that I, I do hope that this isn't the last we see of Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. Because this gives her... This dynamic gives allows for her to do more things with Black Widow than we've seen before. And the without saying anything, this it does leave the door open to say there could be more adventures between this and what happens in Endgame. And I would really be on board with that while maybe we let Florence Pugh's character exist in the wider current mcu and this does also continue the tradition that like it it does feel like phase four has been cleanly divided into we've got like the big multiverse stuff and then we've got the more grounded falcon winter soldier black widow stuff and it's like i like both but i'm more invested in in this sort of the falcon winter soldier black widow all that stuff um there's a bit with uh florence Pugh's character yelena and the first piece of clothing she's allowed to buy on her own uh, outside of uh, being being a widow that's super endearing and hilarious if anybody's seen um killing eve um it's it's very much like the the uh um that character the the um i'm completely why am i 
my brain just shorted out and I forgot what the these Sandra O oh or the other one? The other one, the uh, the um, Emmy winner. The yeah, exactly the antagonist in uh, Killing Eve, whose name is Villanelle. It's very much in the Villanelle school of of type of character, but it works. I love that character, and so I love the use of it here, um, and and kind of having this badass assassin character that's also a younger sister and acting like a younger sister, I think is, is really cool. Do you think, obviously, Yelena has the clearest opening to appear in other Marvel stuff, especially since in the comics, for people that don't know, she was the second Black Widow. Um, there's been a lot of rumors and speculation that, that she's kind of going to be the MCU's Black Widow moving forward. Um, that said, do you think we'll also are there more things we could do with like David Harbour's Red Guardian and and Rachel Weisz? Do you think we'll will are do you think they'll be relegated to like Black Widow movies, or do you think we might see them in the wider MCU? I kind of think Black Widow movies, mostly because of the what I would guess that those actors would sign on for. <laughs> but we could, we could. You never know because we've got like a lot of years. We can go back. We can go forward. We can go sideways. We can go multiverse like you just never know where people can pop up um and i think that they're going to be especially david harbour i think it's going to be a fan favorite so yeah i also want to mention um uh he doesn't uh, ot fag benley uh who is fantastic in in um the parts he shows up in the movie as mason um and um the a lot of mystery around the taskmaster so i won't uh, spoiling that, but I I like I like the Taskmaster a lot in the comics. This version is is pretty different, um, other than the core gimmick of of being able to mimic other people's fighting styles. But I think they utilize Taskmaster uh, in a way similar to um, Winter Soldier in Winter Soldier, where it's like you know when that character shows up, shit has gotten real. Uh, that you know, they don't mess around. It's basically like the Terminator MCU, and I'm a big fan of that. Um, and I hope that we see more of that character in the future because uh, I think they could do really cool things with that um, going on. I'm with, I'm with you there completely. Yeah, especially like we're doing good things with the villains over in the MCU right now. We got a the, these full the, maybe maybe interesting things could happen. So let's get into some of these questions we have from um, the kids at home. SDS 2884, should this be the last we see of Natasha? What do you think, Roxy? I think you and I both feel like the answer is no. Yeah. I Yeah, I, I, I hope not. If it was, would I... It's not like when a show gets canceled, doesn't know it's getting canceled, and there's a ton of loose ends that you have to tie up and... So it's not like I'm sitting here like if, if we don't see her again, then it really effed up her whole character. Yeah. However, I just would like to see her again because now for the first time, I've, I this is the first time I feel, felt invested in her character yeah. in 10 years. And now I know, and now I don't get to see her again. This is the first time literally they've mm-hmm. gotten me to be invested, which I do find strange that I was not just to compare the, the women characters because I, that's kind of weird. However, yeah. I do feel like they did – Wanda and Black Widow, if anything, Black Widow had more screen time than Wanda did, but I was so much more invested in Wanda always. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, she just, like, they just got me quicker with her. Yeah. So I don't know why I was so uninvested in Black Widow, even though ScarJo did a great job. I just was not. And now after this movie, I was like, ooh, I really care about this person. And now I, now that sucks. 
Yeah, I, I I I agree with you. I've always liked Black Widow in in the movies. I think Scarlett Johansson did a, did a good job with the character, and I think for the most part, give or take like an Age of Ultron, I think she's been utilized um, pretty effectively. But you're right. This is. It, it, this is the the kind of clearest picture we've gotten to see of her as a person outside of the Avengers superstructure. And I would like to see more of that. I would like to understand more of that. We get a sense of like when she talks about like the red in her ledger, we get a better sense of that in this movie. And I think there's an opportunity to explore that more and and with these characters she meets in this movie her relationships with them and yeah i i agree i would like to see more of her now especially since we're just now getting a feel for the character and she's been around the second longest after tony stark you know what i mean um and she's been in so many movies so it'd be a shame it'd be a shame if this is it And listen, Fast and Furious had Han come back for like five movies before, after they killed him off. So why not? Listen, we can do whatever the fuck we want. All right. Um, Yeah. Multiverse. Anyway, (laughs) Jake Hefner asks, is this something you think should have been uh, seen 10 years ago? Like everyone says, or is it good that it came out when it did? Also, where do you, where do you rank it amongst the rest of the MCU in terms of top tier, mid tier and bottom tier? I think we talked a little bit about the 10 years ago. I know that you said you liked that this was more of a phase four movie though. So that's the one benefit of it now, but yes, I definitely think we should have seen this 10 years ago. Yeah, I think it would have changed my experience with the character throughout the entire run of, of the series or whatever we want to call it a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. So that, but then in terms of the, where I'd rank it as of right now, I would say this is mid tier for me. Yeah. Uh, I'll, while I would rather rewatch this movie than some other movies, there were things about it that I didn't adore. Like tonally, I kind of thought this movie was all over the place. Mm. There's a lot, a lot of characters making jokes, mm-hmm. like all of them throughout yeah. the whole thing. And sometimes they're shoehorned in in a way that I was like, actually, it was just having like a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of threw me off. Also, the pacing of this movie is a little strange leading up into the third act where I was like, huh. We just did a long, there's like a, a very long s- scene, like a, a talky scene mm-hmm. leading into something that I was just like, hmm, this it just kind of throws me off a little bit. So I would rather rewatch this movie because I really enjoyed the characters and a lot of the action is fucking sick. But at the same time, I think that there are other movies that are top tier that for me are just so well done. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, um, it, it is, it is top tier. I will say two thirds of the way through the movie. I was like, yeah, this is, this is part of my top five. I love this. I love what we're doing. I'm, I'm glad Marvel's in a place that we can do this. And then when we got into kind of the, kind of the final, final big CG action, final thing, I was like, mm, this, this is, this is impacting me less than the rest of the movie did. But, but again, I think it's important to say that like for the same, the, the, same reason people really love like Infinity War and Guardians and those movies aren't my favorites. 
you know what I mean? Like, so if you, you love those, this might not be in your top tier. It just, it spoke to my interests, the things that interest me more. And so Mm -hmm. for me, I think in that sense, it's more of a top tier thing. And again, just the general excitement that I feel like we're being more experimental in phase four than we have been previously. It feels like, it feels more like the wild west. Like, I don't know, like, listen, I don't know what Shang-Chi is going to be like at this point. I like the trailers. I I have no clue what we're doing with internals. And that's not a a feeling I've had with the MCU and since, you know, the first Avengers basically. Yeah, I do have a question for you, Roxy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Were you going to say something? I don't want to cut you off. Just the my one of my favorite moments of this is a. I wonder if you know what I'm talking about. There's one song in this that, as they do everything around that song, um, it's a cover. Mm-hmm. You know uh, are you Are you talking about in the first early. sequence or the song that plays over the opening title credits? You're talking about like way or in the car. Um. The song on the the song on the car. I would say maybe title credits. Okay, okay, okay. It's a it's a it's a cover very, of a classic yeah. of a, of a yeah. classic grunge song. Yeah. Yes. And oh my god, was I feeling everything in that moment? The, like, well, that's what I'm talking about. That opening credit sequence is like, oh, yeah. this is dark. So, this is this yeah. is darker than the MCU's One, really tackled before. One thousand percent. And as I was listening to that, I was like, so I'm kind of with you. Where like. I think getting into the third act, I was like, whoa. Yeah. And then after the movie, I was kind of like, oh, that was really good. Solid, yeah. solid. But like, even that, that, just the first 20 minutes of the movie were like, woof, woof. And I think, uh, well, even you talked about that opening sequence. There, there's an opening action sequence that I was like, oh, this is what we're, do- this is the type of movie we're doing. And I got very excited. I also that going back to that title sequence, the main villain of the movie gets a line that harkens back to some of the image we see there, and it's just I I, I was really like, it, it was dark. It was dark, and I, I I thought it was really effectively utilized in a way that that was still safe for the type of movies Marvel is doing, but I thought was a good way to to talk about some of the realities. Not not even the height. This is this is a bad conversation to have in spoiler free. Anyway. I did have a question for you and yeah. we don't need to dive into it if, if uh, you don't want to. Do you think, why do you think it took so long to get a black widow movie? Is it just girls are icky or, or like, like what, 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 what happened here? Anything that takes a long time is either financial or creative. And when you're dealing with something on this side, of this size, this magnitude, it's got to be financial. So I think the studio did not believe that this movie could make them as much money as the movies they were making. Yeah. And then I think the response would be then, and of course this was before Deadpool came out. It's like, yeah, then make it cheaper. <laughs> then just make it. But I, so, so I, you're, Kind of the suggestion is that you needed to, they needed to see Wonder Woman make all the money. And then it's like, okay, maybe. Kind of, yeah. Um, I don't think this had to do with like, we don't know if there's a story to be told here. Yeah. Because it's Black Widow. So, of course, there's a story to be told. I think they just had different focuses and decided that those focuses would make money in a way that this wouldn't. Well, I hope this does really well because I, I would like to see them. I, I feel like um, Marvel's forays into female-led projects have been a little um, clunkier than 
then they could have gone smoother, I feel like. And and I would like to see them do this more because I've got so many characters to pull from with more to come. Um, and so I hope this, it's dumb. I don't, I, whatever, tell the good stories, don't, but whatever, it's a business. What am I yeah. saying? Anyway, Joey asks, are there any other characters or time frames in the MCU you'd like to see get the Black Widow treatment, i.e. a movie that exists in the middle of what we've seen to flesh out a character or certain events? I would particularly love a movie set during the blip, and he puts a little puke emoji implying that he agrees with me that the calling the that event the blip is a bad name for that, what happened. Watch The Leftovers to see what happened during the blip. It's very sad. <laughs> Nobody was happy. Any characters? That's a good question. I don't think that there were any characters that needed it in the way that Black Widow did. I mean, yeah. this one was like so clearly, clearly uh, um, ridiculous. But let me think, DJ. What about for you? I think you're, it's a little bit tough, especially now that literally everybody's getting their own show. Because um, I would say War Machine would make a lot of sense. Um, uh, seeing, yeah, just seeing kind of like his journey more especially since he's been around since the very beginning although he's going to be focused on in armor wars um i'd also be if we're talking about what i'd be interested in seeing i'd be interested in a spider-man movie that takes place before civil war before like tony stark kind of dominated peter parker's story in the mcu um some of his those adventures um I here's one that I think would be very interesting. I would be very interested in maybe seeing more of Isaiah Bradley's time as as uh in like Vietnam as a proto Captain America. There is um Red Guardian talks a little bit about in this movie of of he he spins a yarn as if he fought Captain America and somebody rightly points out like, hey, Captain America was on ice. Having seen Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's like, well, maybe it was a different Captain America. And so like that that would be really interesting. I'd be interested to see if like Isaiah Bradley or any other forays into trying to make Captain America before Steve Rogers was discovered. I'd be very interested in seeing more of that. Just give me the fight. Just give me the yeah. Isaiah Bradley Winter Soldier fight. I want to see it, please. And thank you. Um, we could do some kind of fun standalone Valkyrie movie. Yes. Because uh, why not? Um, do I think that's the most necessary one? No. Uh, but sure. Um, something with Mantis. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost want to see like little shorts of Mantis. Yes. That would be uh, great. That would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, who was it recently? Dave Batista saying like, who's disappointed in what they did with Drax and how much more he thinks that there was to the character. And mm-hmm. um, so Dave Batista, go write that. Mm-hmm. I also am a little bit disappointed with what they did with Drax. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that you can like write the wrongs though, without um, just completely retconning everything. I, I will say, um, I don't know if the MCU has lent itself to this, but Drax's backstory is very complicated and there's been yeah. a lot of like hard resets on the character and his personality so it's not if you're using the comics as a basis it's not out of the realm of possibility to just like hard reset drax for whatever reason and now his personality is completely different and we move on um just because uh, uh dave batista has so shown such a uh range as an actor like obviously with drax you got the great comedic stuff but even in um army of the dead or again my favorite role of his and it's so small in that movie is in blade runner 2049 um there's just such a uh such a sadness to that character that 
that you could anyway you could do some really really interesting stuff there and who knows what's going to happen in, in guardians 3 um and what uh, uh james gunn will decide to do with that character let's move on to brenda's question Brenda, Brenda, Brenda. I'd love to know your thoughts on Natasha's character, whether this really elevates it in comparison to the other origin slash solo films we've seen like Tony and Steve. While I like Captain Marvel, I didn't feel like her story was handled with the same care the guys had. And I wonder if Black Widow had the same fate, especially coming out so late. Great question, Brenda. I do feel like this really elevated her character. I, I don't think it did to the extent that Tony and Steve were because we didn't spend as much time with her in this. Again, I don't feel like this was really her movie as much as it was uh, Yelena's movie. But that being said, it definitely elevated her character and just gave me a reason. It makes it made me understand why she is the way she is a little more. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And, and I, I, I do think it's a kind of unfortunate that, that Captain Marvel's first movie wasn't, wasn't as solid as it could have been uh you, you know depending uh, uh uh depending on who you ask um i do have high hopes for the sequel because because we also have to remember it took them three movies to crack thor like we it wasn't like every single of the of the lead dudes got it right out of the gate you know what i mean um uh so um but I do think that this did Black Widow's character well. And like you said, it is it is kind of, in a lot of ways, Florence Pugh's movie. Um, but that does leave me hope, again, you know, with WandaVision, and now we have Black Widow, and now we have Captain Marvel. It took a minute. We didn't, we didn't get a Wonder Woman from the MCU right out of the gate. But, like, hopefully as we build this new thing... Um, and that, again, excites me. Because what are we, you know, what are we looking forward to in... Uh, phase four we've got sam wilson as captain america we've got a show wanda is one of our our cornerstone characters we've got a black widow movie we've got shang chi coming shang chi coming out we've got uh the new black panther movie the landscape of the mcu has changed drastically and i find that very i mean we all loved robert downey jr's as tony stark and chris evans as steve but the landscape and the dynamics and the character relationships and the representation is going to be so different at MCU phase four that this is, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, this is the most excited I've been for this um, franchise, this, this brand, this um, production company than I've been in years just because I don't know what to expect. And, and uh, like we touched on earlier, the idea of doing these more inclusive stories from different viewpoints uh, I find very exciting and I'll be interested to see, you know, Black Widow was the most obvious choice, but I, I wonder what other Black Widow and Captain Marvel, I think are the most obvious choices based on Marvel comics for lead female characters. But like, you know, maybe we could get a story of Gamora and Nebula, you know what I mean? Uh, or, or a flashback. Yeah, I was to thinking that, that too, actually. Uh, Cause I think that's another character in the guardians that I think could use, because in a lot of when she's with the guardian she kind of functioned as the mom of the team like hey guys we need to get her act together and it's like zoe saldana is capable of so much more and i'd like to see her be able to do that um who knows uh we talked about i know in our loki review um one of the things that excites me is when first saw one me musaku in loki obviously excited because i loved her in lovecraft country but a little bummed that she's just like the top cop there kind of but yeah. with the re- spoilers for Loki, with the revelation that every one of them is a variant, 
she could be anything. Who knows who she's a variant of? That actress could come back as an X-Men or something like that, you know? It's going to be weird that we have both variants and scrolls peaking at the same time. Good point. Solid point, Roxy. That could be very confusing. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, like, DJ, you and I do this for a living, and we, like, <laughs> talk about this and read things and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> Imagine, like, being introduced... And you're like just jumping in in phase four and there's scrolls and variants and like nobody is who you think that they are. Yeah. Yep. Multiverse. It's like, oh my, oh my God. Uh, We'll see. I mean, and I I do find that a little bit concerning because if, if, if people are less connected to this phase four, then we might see the franchise kind of wither on the dot, wither on the vine, right as as I feel like it's achieving a, a, a new level of potential. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll be okay. I think they do a good job of navigating some complex and or like convoluted situations a lot of times. So it might totally be okay. I'm just thinking about those things peaking at the same time. It's mm-hmm. like, mm. yeah, we might want to pick one for a minute. We might need to say like cool variants and Loki, but we're not really going to touch on those until after secret invasion. You know what I mean? We like we saw a scroll uh, in Loki. What was it? Episode one. Oh, maybe. Where when we finally when we were with the timekeep or at the TVA like there was one in the corner like just scrolling about uh, and then and then there was a uh, uh, offhand remark in this um, episode the most recent episode of vampires you know which of course like just hey remember Blade's coming um, so yeah yeah it's exciting times we don't even know what's going on with Blade. But it's exciting times in the chat. Um, we've got uh, Danny says it's real shame. The real shame of being so late is that we'll never really know how well it would have done only at the theater, theater since it was simultaneously um, premiere access. I saw it in theaters. And, and I, if I, again, Roxy and I've had to do this qualifier for a lot of movies recently. Sitting in the L cap watching a Marvel movie, I, that is the most I've ever felt like I'm back. It's back. Things are happening. How again. was the audience? Uh, it was it was it was thin, it, but it was a very excited, engaged audience. I, it never anybody that's ever been in the El Capitan. There's a little like premiere, like the curtains parting and all that stuff. The audience never fails to get excited about that. I it is it's really fucking cute. I you you watched it on a screener, correct? I did. I so did. you did not have the same experience. There were a couple moments where the audience assumed we were getting a big Avenger cameo that we were not getting. And so there was a big, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> um, and I don't know if you personally had that experience. but No, it, not at all. Yeah, there's there's a couple, like a jet would land, and people were like, oh, my God. Uh, and, then, and then nothing would be. Um, mm. There are some, I will say, there are some cool callbacks and some cool cameos. Uh, but... Uh, don't uh, don't don't necessarily assume when an Avenger is going to pop in there, um, which I think is for the best. Just for the same reason they decided not to have Doctor Strange in WandaVision. I think that was for the best here. Um, Danny also likes the idea of a Valkyrie pe- uh, a prequel. Leonard Kim, I do take solace in the fact that by all indications, uh, all indications, Florence Pugh kills it as Yelena. Hopefully, she sticks around the MCU for a while. Uh, Danny wants a short of Abomination from the end of Incredible Hulk to before Shang Chi. Uh, and he also wants to bring back the Daughters of the Dragon. Uh, and uh, to your other point earlier, Roxy, um, Glenn Caesar says The Vow is the name of the Nexium documentary on HBO. The Vow. I keep forgetting that. I think that this is a really bad name for the doc. I also think um, Stars did a Nexium doc that, that was widely praised and some people suggested might be a better 
a better uh, he was after, breaking down of I, of... I checked it out, too. It wasn't at the same time period. Okay. Like the bow followed one, and that one followed later on, I think. I, I think I like th- I thought that they were both good. It wasn't kind of like the Firefest one where you they mm-hmm. were literally the same thing, just a little different. Literally uh, competing. Firefest? I remember, I mean, I didn't go, thankfully. But yes, I do remember. You weren't the, there? Oh, yeah, it was great when I was it there. It was great. When I was there, I don't know what everybody was complaining about. It was great when I went. Um, so uh, that's that's it for us today. Roxy, before we wrap up, not only uh, any final thoughts on Black Widow that you'd like to share, but also where can the kids find you? I can be found everywhere at Roxy Stryer. I'm live with Roxy 1 p.m. every day and also World Girls on Wednesdays and Sundays. We are coming into July, which is a big month. I'm turning 30 this month. Yay. So we're doing a lot of celebratory things on the show. Uh, and based on you guys, I've had a whole list of things that I've had to be, have had to knock off before I turn 30. So it's a, a big month for the world girls and make sure you check us out. Um, very, very cool. Glenn Caesar just said yes. And the vow is getting a season two. I don't know what to do with that. Um, but, uh, uh, you can find me at DJ talks trash. You can find Hellbent, my new comic at hellbentcomicbook.com. Or if you go to Kickstarter, just type in Hellbent, it'll be right there. Please go. If you haven't already go support it. I think you will really love it. Um, if there are nothing else to support all the amazing people I collaborated with. And you can follow this show everywhere that matters at only stupid answers, but on Twitter, Yank out the vowels from stupid. I like it. I like it. Surround sound. And that I was so excited. And that is it from us. We are talking about possibly next week doing a, a more spoiler focused uh, breakdown of of Black Widow and so go after, see it. And the after yes, go see it immediately. And the after credit scene, which there is one, of course there is. Stick around. Um, but that will be all for next week, and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody.